morning, everybody. It's great to see you today. Hope you're having a great day. I'm just glad to have you here in Charleston. It's a beautiful day, and it's just worth going over. Have you ever been in a place like this that makes that kind of noise? I, I'll just have a Coke. No, just Coke. That's all I'll have. Kill. Boy. Yeah, I think we've all been in a place before where that kind of noise just goes on and on and on, and you're constantly having to lift up your voice to get over the noise. So we want to welcome you to our series called Above the Din. You know, um, there is noise all around us, wherever we go, and maybe you don't even know what the word din means. You will in just a few minutes. But there's noise always around us. Matter of fact, if you've been watching football, I mean, and I don't know why you haven't been, but if you've been watching football, you know that some of the stadiums don't have a lot of people in them. And originally, some of them had no people in them. So at first, like the first week of the NFL, it was kind of odd. You just see some guys, and all you could hear is them cussing at each other on the field. So they figured, hey, we better just pump in a little bit more noise so we can't hear what they're saying. So they began to pump in noise, allowed people to come. So they actually are allowed to pump noise into stadiums now, but they're not allowed to go over 80 decibels. So here's the noise that's pumped in, and you'll hear it today if you're watching football. Okay. All right, Cam Newton, he's in the shotgun. He's got receivers on the right, receivers on the left. Check down, James White in motion. He's saying all of a sudden, Cam begins to run with the ball. He's scrambling. There he goes! <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Uh, you know what's so funny? What's, what I was laughing at is how quickly I forgot Tom Brady and fell in love with Cam Newton. I would just, but you know, th what they're doing today is they're just pumping noise into our, into our stadiums. And, and there's always noise around us. So what is din? What is above the din? Din is a word that means, or it, it defines the, the noise of an environment that affects hearing, it affects thinking, it affects communicating, and one of the most important things, din affects rest. When there's a lot, of, right now I've got three dogs at my house. Whenever Morgan visits, she brings her two dogs, I've got my dog, we've got three cats running around the house, and there is just this constant din. There's just about the time I'm, I'm gonna fall asleep. You know, you know, in the middle of a football game that's not worth anything, then a commercial comes on, and Progressive has that commercial where there's a doorbell ring, and then all of a sudden three dogs start barking at this. See, that's, that's din. It's the noise in our lives that keeps us from resting. It's the noise that we always have to lift our voices over, that, that's constantly around us. And if it, doesn't, if it hasn't happened already, it will begin to happen. You'll be overwhelmed by the din. Some of you may be wondering um, uh, why you're so depressed. You may be, and you don't normally deal with depression. Uh, maybe you are very anxious, and maybe you're not generally anxious, or maybe you're hyper-anxious at this point. You know what happens to me when din constantly plays in the background of life, all the noise? is For me, I don't get as much depressed as, and, and anxious. I get angry, and, and I just get ready. I just, I'm, just, I, I, I'm just ready for a fight. Anybody else ready for a fight? Anybody want to fight? We'll, go, we'll do it right here. We'll do it. But no, but every one of us, it doesn't, it, it, maybe it manifests itself differently in your temperament. But when the din begins to overwhelm, overwhelm you, 
uh, it begins to create this reverberation. And for some of us, that reverberation is of, of anxiety. Some of it, it's fear. Some of us, it's anger. Some of us, it's disappointment. Um, but we get what's called disquieted within our soul. And it happens to every single one of us. It's, it's this, this concept of noise in our lives. So let me give you a little an auditor, auditory example of what I'm talking about. I'm going to take some of the noises that you and I are having to live with, you know, represent them acoustically, and I want you to see how, how the layer begins to grow. So let's start with family noise, family life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a noise right there. I mean, I, I'm, it's probably a loving environment. But let's add into our family some personal conflicts. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. So let's add some of that noise. Mom and dad in the bedroom, arguing a little bit about something. Okay, so we got that. Maybe it's a uh, uh, conflict at work. Then let's throw in our neighbor, because they're right there. I mean, 10 feet away from our house. So they, yeah, they got that little dog. That little dog. That no good wake up at 5 a.m. dog. And then let's put money pressures on you. Let's add that to the noise, okay? Yeah, a little bit of noise. You're thinking about your, your finances, you know, and shopping and all the things that you have to do. Now, let's throw in a little bit of politics. Let's hear some noise from politics. All right, all the noise about Lindsey Graham is not the same anymore and Jamie Harrison. And all that, all that noise begins to happen. Now let's add COVID-19 to it. Yeah. Only noise I can come up with is a real morbid one of the sound of a respirator. So let's just add that. Oh, and then media. You want, you want to hear Fox News and CNN. And you want to make sure you get your notifications on your phone of the latest thing that's taking place. Oh, and let's add to it civil unrest. A little bit of rioting in Minneapolis. Let's blow something up. Yeah, let's do that. Let's burn something down. Okay, cut. Oh, yeah. Now, you may not be hearing that. But, but your soul is. Your soul is getting every single bit of that into your life. And it's being pumped in. And that's why we're using the word DIN. But I'm using it as an acronym standing for Disturbing Internal Noise. Because right now, I don't care, even the best of us, we all have a di disturbing internal noise. If you don't have some sort of noise going on inside of you right now, you're not paying attention. You're, you're, you're definitely, you're off the grid. And you should get out of Charleston. You should be in the hills of Kentucky someplace. But if you're not hearing, the, if you haven't been disturbed, you're not paying attention. And it re reverberates and it echoes around inside of you. After the switch is turned off, after the news report, after you've downloaded it, after you've watched it, it stays in your soul. Your soul holds on to it a lot longer than, than the cathode ray tube that you may have watched it on in your TV. So since I can't control all the noises, I can't get people to shut up and, you know, I've tried and it just doesn't work and 
uh, since there's all kinds of noises and sources in the world, what do I do about it? I mean, how, how do I maintain a sense of sanity and a sense of peace in the middle of this? And, and, and do you all know it's going to get worse? Okay, I'm not being apocalyptic here. I'm just, we got an election two weeks from now, and the noise is just going to get loud. And then after the election is over, the noise is going to get louder. I mean, and, and then we got Thanksgiving happens right after it. And, and really, you know, a lot of us have said, well, Thanksgiving's not going to be the same. Well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your Thanksgiving will change if you allow the, the noise to control your life. But as far as I'm concerned... I'm going to have an amazing Thanksgiving. Well, how can you have an amazing Thanksgiving in the middle of all the turmoil? Because I'm going to control the noise. And for me and my house, we're going to, we're going to eat the turkey, says the Lord. I mean, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to sit in peace. We're going to watch Detroit lose to somebody. And we're just going to relax and we're going to have a great... It's like, well, you can't. You don't know what's going to happen. I can control what goes on in my soul. So one of the smallest Psalms in the scriptures is packed with great insight on this. I mean, I was looking for all kinds of Bible verses, and I was going to use this story because it was like all, had all kinds of cool stuff in it. And, and God led me to a psalm, and I'm not, I'm not a psalm guy, you know. I, and it's because I'm dysfunctional. They, they, they just don't sound masculine enough, you know. I'm going to go into the book of songs, you know. I mean, it, it just, just doesn't, but that's, I'm, I'm whacked. I understand that. I, I've, got, I've got some bad noise in my head. And so I was looking at um, one of these psalms, and the psalm's name was interesting. And I normally don't pay attention to the psalm's name. It is Psalm 131, and it's one of 15 psalms that are titled the Song of Ascent or Songs of Ascent. And normally I would blow right past that technicality and, and turn that over to Stacey McLean because she's our Bible scholar here at Crosstown, and she would dig you know, into it and find the Hebrew meaning of it. And then come tell me about what it means in the Song of Ascents with these and all that. And normally I'm not really interested in that. I'm just a good Gentile Christian who just wants to, you know, get on with my life. But she, she pulled me back on this one. And some of the insights that she discovered about the Songs of Ascent, I asked her about them. And, and what she told me was is that um, the Songs of Ascent imply this thing about rising up. I mean, it's right there in the word, Song of Ascent. And that... Since we're talking about being above the din, there means there must be an, a rising up that takes place in our lives. And ascent uh, implies a rising up. Now, historically, it may refer to the priests walking up the steps of the temple to worship God. And that's a really great picture. And we can borrow from that picture. But ascent implies a recovery from a point of descent. To ascend to something means that we are someplace in a descent. And so today, we're all being squashed by the noise. We are, we are in, in this descent of, of um, soulish oppression. I know that sounds like a lot, but it really is happening. Some of us aren't laughing as much. Some of us are, the joy has gone out of our lives. Some of us are more anxious. Some of us are more depressed. And there's been this pushing down in our lives. And we need to enter into a time of what? Of ascent. A time of rising up. So, listen to the instruction and the insight that's come from this. It's like four verses. Um, let me read to you. Psalm 131, a song of ascents of David. O Yahweh, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes arrogant. 
and I do not concern myself with things too great and difficult for me. Rather, I have soothed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in Yahweh for now until forever. See, one of the most important things that jumped into me in this, when I was reading this short little psalm, and if you don't mind me jumping kind of into the middle of it, is this phrase, I have soothed and quieted my soul. I have soothed and quieted my soul. You know what that really said something to me a little bit different than I normally view as a perspective as a Christian? It says that I'm responsible for my soulish wellness. It kind of meant that I am responsible for the noise that's going in my life. That it's something that I'm supposed to be a part of. So when I began to get a hold of this, I said, wait a minute, I'm responsible for this? Isn't this what God's supposed to do for me? I mean, aren't I allowed to just continue with all the noise and Netflix and Amazon and Facebook and CNN and gossip at work and complaining at home and the yelling of kids and arguing over race issues, arguing over Biden and Trump? Can I just continue in that and just say, God, will you just give me your peace today? You know, I mean, that's the way I think Bible Belt Christians think about it. So I had another one of our scholars, I had Amy looking in the Bible, because I wanted to make this, this statement, and this is the statement. There is nowhere in the Bible that we are called to pray for God to magically control our anxiety for us. And she searched out as quick as she could and began to find It's like, no, no, uh, there really isn't technically one where God kind of just like, I can continue in an anxious lifestyle and that God will come down and magically take anxiety from me. It says, cast all your burdens upon him. Now, that's a different thing. But the fact that I'm going to continue about my noisy life and continue the pattern of living my life the way that I am, and I'm just going to ask God to reduce the volume level, but yet all my knobs are turned to maximum, and that somehow God's going to give peace. It's kind of like, you know, would be telling you, hey, if you tithe to Crosstown, God's going to bless you, and he's going to pour out a blessing on your life. So keep on using your credit cards. Keep up buying that ninth car. You know, keep on going because, you know what, tithing will override all your bad financial choices. Now, none of us believes that, nor would we preach that. But it's the same way. We're desperate for peace. We're desperate for hope. But yet we got the volume turned up loud on so many different sources in our lives. And, we're, and so for some of us, we're in depression. We're in anxiety. We're ready to fight. We're, 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 we're hopeless. So it made me realize I'm responsible to deal with the noise. And I've got to be involved with my mental, soul, spiritual health. That's a big thing. I'm all for going to your doctor and saying, listen, I'm really having, you know, uh, I'm really having a hard time. That's, you know, Chris used to be my doctor. Um, and I loved it because before Chris would put me on a med, he would kind of ask me questions about what's my soulish health. Health. It's like, okay, before I, I give you this, that may be an antidepressant or ADD medicine or whatever it is that you have, he'd be like, well, wait a minute, no, 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 no. That's not going to be our first way to reduce the noise in your life. we got to find out, are you practicing soulish, mental, spiritual health? And if you're doing everything you can and you have some sort of chemical imbalance, okay, we can work with that. 
But if we think drinking half a bottle of Merlot is going to quiet the noise, it's just not going to work. Or any other little pill that society could offer us, whatever form it is, it's not going to quiet the noise. We have to be involved in our own soulish health. So listen to some of the things that David does. And it resembles ascending stairs. Uh, Madison, could you give me that? Now, the reason why I thank you so much, uh, the reason why I like this illustration was because it's something that we, we do every single day. Most of you don't even, let me make sure, okay. Most of you don't even think twice about climbing stairs. It just seems to happen. But there's interesting about the mechanics of walking upstairs. And the reason why I'm talking about stairs, because we're talking about songs of ascent. We're talking about over the din. So there's got to be some sort of rising. So the stairs kind of represent the psalm. And so before I lift this foot, this back foot's going to do something. It's going to plant, and it's going to, there's actually going to be like a push down while there's a lift up. Okay? And then, in order to get to that step, I'm going to have to push off. There'll be a push down, and then there'll be a rise up. I won't go any further than that. I know you're all concerned about my health. So I but this is the process that's going on. This is an ascent. There is a push down with the back foot. There's a rising up. And then this process repeated over and over, and this is how we rise up. Well, interestingly enough, this itty-bitty little psalm actually has... That mechanism built into it. I mean, it's the mechanics of stepping, and we shouldn't be surprised because of what its title tells us. It's about rising up. So listen to the push down. Remember, push down has to happen first. Before I can lift up, there has to be a push down to lift up. Listen to the push down in this psalm. Oh, Yahweh, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes arrogant. And I do not concern myself with things too great and too difficult for me. Okay, the push down is connected to you. Okay, they, but it's not just you as a person, not putting yourself down, but I think that a lot of us have noise in our lives because we're concerning ourselves with things we have no business concerning ourselves with. We are involved, we, we want to have all the information. We want to be in the know. We want to read everything. We want to listen to everything. We want to watch everything. We have that, that uh, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. We just, we listen to more. And it's interesting, David said, no, if you want to reduce the noise in your life, reduce your perspective of your self-importance. It's like, you don't have to be involved in everything. You don't have to have an opinion about every stinking thing. You don't have to watch everything. So one of the ways to experience rest for David was to push back on his ego uh, uh, and his pride to know everything. To be an expert about everything, to have an opinion about everything, to listen to everything. And he's like, no, the first thing I need to deal with is I really don't need to watch that. I really don't need to be in this conversation. I really don't need to be in this particular location. I don't really need to be concerning myself about that particular thing. And there are sometimes we get in a sphere where we're doing things that we can't have any influence over. So it's coming to the humility of realizing, you know, a little kid falls in a well in Russia, and there, he's been in that well for three days, and I can follow 
the extricating him out of the, the little well, and, and, um, and I can follow along whether or not he's going to live or die. But, you know, do I have any, any influence over this? Is it going to affect my life? Am I, they ask, am I going to bring a rope over there and help? No. So I'm basically, through my own personal voyeurism, I'm paying attention to a story that, that I will then uh, concern myself with, have the anxiety and the anguish of whether the little child dies or not, and then I'll go around my backyard and see if there's any holes in my backyard that Ireland can fall into, and then I'll lay in bed, and I'll be thinking about, what would I do if Ireland fell into a well? How would I get her out of the well? What if she drowned in the well? It's like, whoa, you got that from only one news feed? On, on CNN or Fox? It's like, yes. I don't need to know that information. I'm not being called to be callous. Believe me, there's enough hurting people within two miles of my house for me to concern myself with. I mean, there really is. There's a hospital right over here. If I want to be concerned about sad stories and I want to fill myself up with sad stories or want to find people to be interested in their lives, they, there's an abundance of it around me. But yet we go on TV and we, we do, somebody asked me the other day, it, this was actually a personal thing for me, was, is to get involved in some flooding issue in Charleston. Now, everybody knows that I'm involved in that and Dutch dialogues and all that stuff with the city and whatever. And, um, but they want to build a new Harris Teeter. There's going to be a new Harris Teeter. Not the new one, the other new one. That's going to be right across, right next to the Publix that's down at the end of the road. And then they're going to build the Publix right next to us over here. So, but down there, they, down there the line, near the Limehouse Bridge area, they're going to build the Publix. I mean, uh, Harris Teeter. And so somebody came to me and said, well, listen, we know that you're all about this and you're all about that and, and you're into this. Um, we want to know if you'll kind of like lead the charge against this. And, and multiple people have come to me and asked me, and I'm like, no. It's like, what? We thought you were kind of like pro-environment, pro-responsible growth, pro-anti-flooding and all that other stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. But this is out of, that's not Church Creek. And... I got into it because I was concerned about my neighbors here at, at, across the street and also about the church. That's my sphere of influence. I can't believe you're not going to get involved. It's like my sphere of influence is not controlling development in the West Ashley Corridor. That's not my calling. So you want to have a town meeting about that? Go have a town meeting about it. Now, if there's something going to be built in this little area, this, this area that's going to affect the houses here and the church, oh, yeah, I'm going to be at that meeting. See, but pride would have let me be swelled up. We want you to be the man, you to be the champion. You did so good over here. We want you to do that. You know what that is? That's prideful noise tempting me into the arena. And I don't want that noise. That's, I don't want that noise in my life. I'm not called for that noise in my life. So in order to find rest, David said, the first thing I had to do was put down me in my my thought that I needed to know everything. So he presses down the exposure of things he doesn't need to hear, watch, or know. How many channels do we really need? All right. Well, for $65 a month, get 105 channels. How, how much of that do you want to listen to? I mean, we have, there's an MTV2. Okay, so if you can't get enough MTV, they have a second MTV. So how much of that do you need to own on your DirecTV or your Comcast? I mean, how much of it do you really need to listen to? And let me ask you this. Do you really need to know how to make a murderer? I mean, seriously, it's, it's the number one, one of the number one shows in America right now. 
Do you really need to know that? I mean, how many of you will, it will help you raise your kids better? How many of you will help you change your community better? How many of you will help educate people that aren't getting education? Okay, how many of you will, will this help you sleep better at night? Knowing how, you know, somebody ate his victims, okay? Or, or, or what happened in this person's psychotic mind and, and, and how to make a murderer. Is that really good? But this is what we watch, this and, and, and um, uh, whatever that crime show is that everybody watches. How about on the CNN page? How many of these things do I really need to know? Oh, my gosh. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, here's this one. Giuliani's daughter says to vote for Biden and Harris and to end Trump's reign of terror. That's it. Now I know who to vote for. Thank you, Giuliani's daughter. I thank you for telling me. Why do I care what Giuliani's daughter, do you, well, she's made in the image of God? Yeah. I'll share the gospel with her. I'll feed her if, she's, if she needs a, a meal. But I don't give a flip what she thinks about Trump or, or about, the, about Biden or the election. Here's another one. On the, on, on, if you scroll down to the page a little bit more. Oh, Nicki Minaj revealed the gender of her newborn baby. Oh, Nikki, thank you. And who the heck is Nikki Minaj? And how is she affecting my world? How is she going to educate, uh, bring education to areas where black children are being raised and will make that education better? Okay, now if, if that article will help me do that, I'll, I'll read that article. I don't think that, I think the part about it was we're gonna, the fact that she revealed the gender and how, you know, gender fluidity and all the other stuff. Um, Guys, there's all kinds of stupid stuff on here. Uh, let's see. Boy finds 69 million year old dinosaur fossil while hiking with his dad. That's pretty cool. Uh, Coke is canning this iconic diet drink. Tab is coming back. Okay, guys? Whew. Tab is coming back. Okay, so you got to control the noise. How about Facebook? Facebook. How many people, how many people do you need to see their feed from? How many exposures do you need to people's feelings? Look at this gal. Just lost custody of my kids. Summer is about to be friggin' lit. Okay? <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Facebook. I, I, that's why I need to have a 1,000 friends like that, and I need to spend two hours a day going through. How about this one? I love, this was one of my favorite ones because it had Captain Picard from Star Trek. Summer is my favorite month. Raise your hand if summer is your favorite month. Okay. <laughs> She drive here with you, sir? <laughs> Summer is not a month. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to my own peeps. I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I, when you begin to eliminate the mindset that more is better, or I need to know, things to begin to get a little quieter. We talk about reducing our carbon footprint. Well, I think we need to reduce our DIN footprint. So after pushing down his back foot, David begins to, he talks to us about lifting his front foot. He says, O Israel, hope in Yahweh, the Lord, from now until forever. See, the people of God, we need to have our expectation of God. We need to lift up our thoughts and our concept and our hearing to the plan of God, the concept of God. David asks himself, I love it, he's doing this soul management, and some of us are not used to this, and I don't know why, 
We're not used to soul management. I don't know if we think God just takes care of that or we don't have a soul or that sounds too, like, works-based. I don't know how we got there, but we just don't do soul management real well. But listen to David in Psalm 42.11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Can you imagine him sitting in front of a mirror and you hear him, you're his spouse, and you're in the other room and you hear David saying, why are you so downcast? I, I don't know. I don't want to. You know, and he starts going through this introspective inventory about his soul. See, God wants you to be involved in that process. He wants you to godly be directed through that process. Why so downcast on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Why are you letting yourself get stirred up? And then he talks to himself, gives him a good talking to. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I believe that if we would expose ourselves to elements that foster hope in God, as much as we expose ourselves that foster anger, anxiety, despair, and depression, we would walk about the earth with such courage. I mean, let's just face it. We just don't expose ourselves. But David says, I will put my trust in God. Talks about about his word. He talks about singing praises. He talks about worshiping God. He talks about time in God's presence. He's like, I will make sure that regardless of whatever I'm listening to over here, that I will have more of God coming into me. And that's part of our soul management. And we're not doing that today. We really aren't. And this is the ascension of hope in the midst of the noise. Listen to what he started with the push down. He finished with the lift up. But I want you to hear the repercussions of this. He says, I have soothed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like the weaned child is my soul within me. Now, this is a beautiful metaphor. But I think it's really beautiful, the fact that it's written by a warrior. You know, it wasn't like I have calmed my soul and gotten that good feeling when I pierce my enemy through with a dagger and pull a sword out of his heart and watch him drop to the ground. That's not what he says. He probably goes back to that first moment of turmoil in a human being's life, that, that, that need, that crying out, that uncontrollable desire to be fed, And then when weaning comes, it's that time when the child knows, my mom's going to feed me. And not only that, the food that she's given me is going to stay in my stomach longer than than birth milk. And the child begins to rest and know with confidence, lunch is coming, supper is coming, coming, somebody's taking care of me. My system is now becoming more proficient at storing food and carbohydrates and all that I need. And all of a sudden, the child begins to come to a place of rest. And and David says that's how it works for his soul. It's like, oh, yes. Instead of just clamoring for all the news and all that's going on, he's like, no, I know what a good meal is, and I know what's just noise. I have soothed and quieted, what a great phrase. I'm sorry I'm using the phrase, what a great phrase, over and over again. But this is like, this is like a, a wicked awesome psalm, and I think it's amazing. He said he quieted his soul. What it really means in Hebrew, it means to resign to something. 
When you resign yourself to something, what is it? You resign yourself to the fact you're ugly. Uh, you resign to yourself that things will never work out for me. Do you resign yourself to, to I'm not worth anything? I resign myself to the fact that the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I resign myself that, well, nothing good's going to happen to me. I mean, what do you resign yourself? And that's really important when quieting your soul because there's got to be, there's got to be, I, I think I said it to somebody the other day, is that uh, there's, there's two good, uh, uh, two good, it was bad information, but I told this lady, hey, there's two really good things happening to you. One, there's a bottom, okay, and you're at it, okay? It, it's like every one of us will get to a bottom. The question is, what will that bottom be? What will, what will be your resignation? Is God your resignation? It's like, hey, I know it's all crazy. Yes, I know people are yelling. I know they're screaming. And yes, I know, well, what's going to happen in six months? It's like, I'm not, it's like, no, 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 no. I'm resigned that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ. That's my resignation. Well, what did you think about Biden's speech? What did you think about Trump's town hall? Well, what do you think about this? It's like, hey, God is in control, and I've resigned myself that he loves me and that I'm in the palm of his hand. When all the noise confronts you, is that your resignation? That, yeah, I know it looks like everything's just falling apart, but your resignation is like, greater is he who is in me than all the noise that's in the world. Wow. And David had that place of resignation. And then this last point. I have soothed and quieted my soul. This word soothed is not a word I would normally use because I, I'm not a soothing person. You know, when I think of soothing, uh, soothing, I think of Susan. You know, I think of, you know, maybe being in a bath at night and her having some music on or hearing some audible book by Jane Austen and, and sitting there with a, a latte and uh, with, with all the, you know, the suds and candles floating on the water. That's what I think of the word soothing. I'm not a soothing guy. I'm like, let's just kill the thing <laughs> kind of guy. That's, that's how I soothe myself. But, but this word is so powerful in Hebrew. It means to cause an equaling of. It means to, it's this. It's to bring things into an equal. Now, if you've ever been a boat owner, you know what it's like when there's a lot of unequal things in the water. We call those waves. And when there's more of a height on them, there isn't equality among them, that's more the tossing that goes on. Well, let's take this into the realm of acoustic engineering. This is what the wave sign looks like of noise. Okay? It's waves. It's beautiful. But you know what's interesting? The height of the wave is determined by the amplitude. It's not determined by the frequency. That's the width of the wave. But the height of the wave is determined by amplitude. That's another fancy word to say noise. If I lower the noise... The, the wave comes down, and I lower it, lower it, lower it, and all of a sudden you got yourself a straight line. What's that? Soothing. See, some of us have such internal uh, waves of disruption going on inside of us. And David said, I have soothed my soul. I have brought the volume down to this, and I've raised the volume up on this, and now it's like, 
What a beautiful picture that comes to us. David has said, I have quieted my soul. I have resigned myself not to the Republican Party, not to the Democrat Party. I have resigned myself to God. He who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. Wow. See, that's how noise is dealt with. Paul said, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that is raised up against the knowledge of God. That is a wave sign. He says, I tear down every lofty noise again. And so I think we're in a, we're in a moment here today where God is asking us to ask ourselves, because I want to put this on us. I really do. Ask yourself today, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why is there turmoil in you? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so angry? Why are you so, so depressed? You know, this is a time for us to ask ourselves, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, why am I so angry? Why do I drive angry? I drive angry. I had to buy a, like a 15-year-old car that's as slow as molasses to slow me down. It's, you know, it's like, why are you so angry all the time, Paul? Why is my soul disquieted within me? And in every one of us, it happens. Why are you so scared? Why are you buying so much ammunition? You know? Why, what is, what, what have you resigned yourself to? Hand-to-hand -hand combat? Shooting everybody? I mean, I'm okay with having, owning a gun and having some bullets. But we've got we've to control what's going on in our souls. And it's going to get bad. And I'm, I'm just telling you this in love. Two weeks leading up to the election, here we are. It's going to get noisier. And then when somebody wins, it's going to get really noisy. And you're not going to be able to stop the noise. But you will be given the opportunity to either increase the wave height by creating more noise or to begin to reduce the volume in your life. See, this world's going to need you to walk into a world place, in the workplace where you're going to have a, a, a Democrat buddy and a, and a Republican buddy just, they're going to want to fight each other or a white guy and a black guy or, or, or whatever. And they're going to need somebody that's going to be able to walk in there and lower the wavelength, the amplitude. But you can't do it if you're all jacked up with noise. You're just going to bring your noise and layer it over the other noises. Or, like Jesus, we can say, peace, be still, and watch the calming of the sea. We have to manage our souls before God. Resign ourselves to Him. We've got to push down, push down on the noise and lift up the praise of God. It's the only way to climb stairs. And it's the only way to rise over the din in the world around us. Heavenly Father, we thank You. And You have put us in charge not necessarily of the city of Charleston, not necessarily of the 
Church Creek Basin or the future of American politics, but you have put us in charge of my soul. Why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your trust in him. Put your trust in him. So Father, as we enter into this moment of communion, of prayer, of worship, of writing a note and pinning it to the cross to you in a time of giving, we push down our pride and we dare to ask ourselves the question, why so down, downcast, oh my soul? Let me ask you, have you resigned yourself to God? Or have you resigned yourself to a flurry of bullets? Uh, downloading and watching everything, getting the latest news. Have you resigned yourself to God? Father, we just today help us through your Holy Spirit to resign ourselves to you that we can cast our burdens upon you. Father God, help us to push down and lift up. But you are calling us to do it. But you, through your grace, will empower us in the midst of it. So have this moment with God and let him speak to you about what is the biggest thing that you need to push down right now. What is making the most noise in your life? What is the thing that you have not resigned and just said, God's got that. I, I, I can't fix that. Thank you. Let me invite you into this moment of communion and worship and prayer with him.